It is Wednesday, December 13th, and you are listening to Run That Back. I am Scott Bunn. And I am Tom Chalmers, and this is your Indie Sports Radio. It is. It is. It's the month of December. We're celebrating all things sports. Uh, We've got lots of things to talk about, basketball, baseball, even in the cold months of December. We're going to talk some professional football and lots more. Yeah, a little later in the program, we'll be talking about L.A. sports. Uh, The Lakers won the uh, NBA in-season tournament. Yes. Uh, The Dodgers made a big big, uh, move. We'll be talking about that. We've got Nathan Duvall, who's a a DJ here on Asheville FM, uh, his show Lucid. Um, But he will be joining us in a few minutes. He's an L.A. native. We've had him on before. Mm -hmm. I think this is the first time we've had him on in the studio with us. That might be right, yeah. Uh, But, yeah, he's a a big L.A. sports guy, so we wanted to bring him in to talk about those things. Uh, We've also got Bob Clausen here in the studio. Hey, Bob. Hey, boys. Good to talk to you. Good to see you. Glad to be here. Bob, we know you're a big Chicago Blackhawks fan and hockey fan. Did, did you enjoy the Connor versus Connor matchup last night? I did. Uh, Connor Bedard scored a goal in the uh, first period, mm-hmm. and then the Hawks lost, which is <laughs> kind of what we want right now. Because yeah. uh, Bedard scores to bring eyes to screens, mm-hmm. and then we still end up at the bottom of the barrel and get a good draft pick next year. So, yay! But, Bob, we talked about that. <laughs> the time we were on together we I, did i don't subscribe to a world where you root for your team to lose yeah never uh, never like again we're not tanking though p- people I, I get that we're, so people coming out saying how like stupid it was that the patriots or, or whoever yeah. might have won that what a dumb vi- and i was like i just i just really can't stomach that i, I, I understand I the advantages of yeah well it was a really hard season but one benefit is luckily we'll get yep. hopefully a good draft pick but to to, to root for that uh, I just have a hard time with that. Yeah, you gotta you gotta uh, play every game to win. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and it just is weird about fans. And yeah, we can talk about Patriots fans another time. We don't need to do it <laughs> because they're irrelevant. That's what's really fun. They might have won that uh, that game against the Steelers, and it helped with the playoff picture. But um, I'm great. They're they're not where they should be. So let's talk about other teams. Well, but I also like to. Uh, I'm I'm happy to see uh, some particularly quarterbacks who mm. were initially dismissed and are just seen as a joke. And I was like, I don't know. They're playing in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, are you? Uh, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so Zappy, mm-hmm. uh, Bailey Zappy, Bailey Zappy again. Like Bailey Zappy, but I was like, yeah, he just won a, an NFL game. Yeah, that's awesome. Yep. Uh, and again, how much the uh, uh, the uh, Devito, uh, Tommy Devito, Tommy DeVito he's won for the three, three in yeah. a, games in a row. And Tommy Cutlets, yeah, Cutlet was all very strange, kind of thing like that. But again, when he and it's true when when he first came in and they wouldn't even he he, he didn't throw a pass beyond the line of scrimmage yeah they were like what is he even doing in the league why yeah. is he here what a joke but i was yeah. like all right they were again right how about give someone just a little bit of time yeah. to just sort of like uh navigate the landscape uh and now that he has you're like oh how about that it's not bad um so yeah, yeah and then even uh the weirdness with uh, uh zach wilson kind of thing and the, yep. you know like doesn't even want to play but it comes in and that second half, he, he was pretty outstanding. Pretty and, big, uh, and they won, it, won the game. And looked better than everyone's sort of uh, favorite draft pick this year. Yeah, uh, CJ Stroud. Um, yeah. So I, I just feel like it's, uh, we try not to do that. I'm sure mm-hmm. we do it sometimes along the way, just be dismissive with um, 
performances or, or, or otherwise. But uh, we try not to have that energy. I think so much of sports talk is just like, whoa, are you kidding? That guy? Yeah. Like, yeah, that that guy. Now just won three weeks in a row. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that. Uh, though I'm still happy that the Patriots are irrelevant. Can I say that? Is, uh, is that allowed? Yes, you can. Uh, again, I appreciate that you're assigning it to the franchise yes. and not necessarily pointing at a particular person. Yes, yeah. Um, so thank you. Thank you for allowing that <laughs> yeah, for, yeah. for me. Um, but uh, yeah, our um, um, our teams were involved with um, some interesting stuff. Uh, we'll start with you, Bob. The Chicago Bears. Did they beat the Lions? They, they sure beat did. the Lions. And they're, they've, again, a franchise um, that was sort of like, oh, what are they doing? They're back in the playoff hunt. In the playoff hunt, and, and all of a sudden, all the reports go from, well, let's just forget about Justin Fields yeah. and move on to next year's quarterback to, oh, maybe we should keep him. Yeah, go for Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah, something like that. Well, while you've got the Panthers draft pick. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, that's why. So the Bears do have the perfect situation of, yes. uh, with the uh, other draft pick, so you're not like mad at maybe inconsequential yep. victories. You're like, no. why are we winning? It's like, yeah, go ahead. Let's get some taste of victory in this in this for this team something they haven't tasted in a while also looking back going oh sweet carolina lost again yeah and in fact i like the the the, the football like football is a, a shorter season so it just gives the press that opportunity to say oh my gosh we won we're in it and then the very next week they lose and it's oh my gosh we're getting rid of our franchise quarterback and yeah. we're going to pick the guy from unc so so yeah it, it's it's fun to 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 just watch mm -hmm. yeah um so yeah the bears and then tom we were talking about this before uh before we went on the air uh the raiders were involved in an interesting uh matchup against the minnesota vikings um yeah so the way i said it to you off air which was um which was uh, yeah i i was watching the bills game it was the sort of uh on the 4 p.m eastern slot and you know, we were looking at it. I, I was watching the game and just barely looking at the ticker. And then I looked down there and it said Raiders zero, Vikings zero, three minutes left in the fourth. And we were all like, wait, how is that even possible? And then the the Vikings pulled out a victory, keeping them in the playoff hunt three nothing. Uh, so how does that make you feel as a Raiders fan? Like, um, I can't believe we lost that game or just like... Uh, I'm sorry I was a part of that. Uh, it's nice to be in the record books. Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> no, that's, that's my joke. If they're talking about yes. you, yeah. Uh, that's what I said off loud. I was like, well, how is it that Iowa played Iowa? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, it just seemed to me there uh, there wasn't uh, much of a enough of a plan. And, mm. and uh, again, I'm so glad that uh, they did get rid of the, the, uh, mm -hmm. the head coach, mm -hmm. um, Josh McDaniels. And but he was the offensive mind of that team, yes. and to some people's frustrations, really uh, hoarded that. Right. You know, it's, uh, everything ran through him. Um, and now I'm about to do a version of thing I said that. But it did seem like <laughs> mm -hmm. the guy who then sort of got put in the offensive coordinator role was this guy just like Bo somebody or something like that. And it was like, he's never done anything like that before kind yeah. of thing. And you're like, uh, hooray for the energy that... Uh, mm -hmm. Uh, Antonio Pierce, right? Is that the yep. coach? Uh, uh, brought and like this is what Raiders mean. Uh, that's that's yeah. one of those first two games, like, inwitable games. Um, but th there's just not uh, enough of you know. Again, so uh, the kind of next man up didn't didn't seem to be the best plan there with someone who just really does not have a lot of experience with yeah. being an offensive coordinator. 
Uh, and I respect the idea of like, hey, let's see what the rookie's got kind of thing. And yeah. He's got some things other than an unforgivable mustache, not like really unforgivable. <laughs> Just his whole look in general. I'm like, wow. What? Yeah. But um, it seems like a character off of Reno 911. Yeah. It's really, uh, uh, What's it's, wrong with that? I love Reno 911. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but that's also, so again, like, so one, I would say, awesome look, you know. Uh, the Vikings, although they're having you know some issues mm-hmm. with uh, Josh Jobs, has you know ha- had his mm-hmm. uh, burst into blossoms moment, yes. but then sort of reality has caught up. But hey, the, the Raiders you know held Vikings scoreless up until you know a few minutes left in the game, um, so that's something to be excited about. And I think that's where you see uh, Antonio Pierce's yes, energy and otherwise definitely. showing up. But you just need a better plan on the offensive side because then if not, then like we've got Jimmy Garoppolo. Like yeah. why not see what you know again. Uh, have you seen enough of Aiden O'Connor to be like, he is definitely going to be a good backup? I don't know. So yeah. it, it was that, that was tough though. Like, <clears throat> with as much talent on the offensive side and that team, yeah. the fact that you can't even score three points is yeah. remarkable. Yeah, that's a little hard. Um, so, yeah. and um, uh, But that is not the game. Uh, that really needs to be discussed uh, from this past weekend. So Cowboys Eagles. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, which which was also. I mean, we we'll set that up. I know you were sort of leading into the Buffalo Bills game, but uh, Cowboys came out and uh, absolutely obliterated the Eagles. I think uh, a lot of the uh, a lot of the sort of injuries and kind of luck, mm-hmm. good bounces that the Eagles had had over the last, you know, last four weeks or so, kind of caught up to them. Yeah. Um, and and playing against a Cowboys team that's really clicking on all cylinders and and just was like, we're going to beat this team. Whereas the Eagles were like, uh, we've we're kind of exhausted, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So it kind of looked like that, like a, a, a Cowboys team that just wanted it more, and an Eagles team that was just like, we're just dragging right now. Uh, they are, and uh, again, <clears throat> you know, the, the certainty of people's opinions that it was a terrible thing to. Uh, let the offensive coordinator go, who's now uh, Kellen Moore. Kellen yes. Moore from Boise State and all uh-huh. that stuff. Um, doesn't seem like it's worked out all that great at, right. at San Diego. But everything they sort of said was going to happen. It's like we want to set up a system that's going to make uh, Dak feel really uh, comfortable and confident. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's exactly what's happened. He looks great. He, and they sort of uh, they, they sort of broke it down. He's got this new sort of um, rhythm to his uh, uh, cadence and uh, mm-hmm. kind of calling plays and like uh, uh, here we go he does I don't yeah. know so that kind of thing but um yeah I, I'm, I'm not excited to see the, the cowboys succeed but uh, uh i am impressed that what they said was going to happen ha- has happened mm-hmm. up to this point um but we're about to find out a little bit more they're about to play some uh, higher level competition and then none of this matters until you get past the first round of the playoffs which yep. they haven't in a long long time <laughs> that's right and then we've got just a <laughs> excuse me a couple minutes left and yeah the bills found themselves in another very close game yeah. once again this time they were able to come out on top um against the kansas city chiefs um you know a team that you know who has owned us in the playoffs but we've now won the last three games yeah. in the regular season two of those being at arrowhead stadium but boy it was just another nail biter and yeah, um, I mean, everybody is talking about the offsides play and everything like that. But uh, again, there was that moment of just being like, 
who we're we're gonna lose again on just the craziest thing uh also the week i know we're gonna talk about him in coffin corner frank Wycheck just mm-hmm. passed away like that's one of the ways that the bills lost a heartbreaking playoff game was the music city miracle which in buffalo we called the forward lateral play yeah. um but um uh but yes so there was that and then yeah the offsides thing happened and everybody has their their takes i i don't know if we need to get into all of that but that was remarkably discussed and and uh, examined yes um Online, on TV shows, podcasts. I will just give uh, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid credit in that as they did get a little bit away from that moment, they're like, all right, we shouldn't have said that. It it actually was the right call, all that kind of stuff. Um, So... uh, but I think yeah, they're 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 tasting frustration for the first time in, yeah. in that franchise uh, for you know for for a few years now. I I think that's it. And um, you know, I talk. I was texting with Ryan Smart, who, who's been on the show. He's yeah. a Chiefs fan. We we like to give each other space around when <laughs> when our teams play each other. But a few days later, you know, I checked in with him, and he was like, "Yeah, he might have been." Uh, mad up, said he was mad about the offsides call, but he was like, I think he was just frustrated with Tony, with the offense. There were lots of things, and he's like, this has just been boiling over over the last couple of weeks. So maybe the frustration level, it, the words were aimed at the official and the penalty, but the the my take on it, you'll appreciate this mm-hmm. more than anything, is like that wasn't the last play of the game. Right. You know, like there was a minute 30 left. And it was uh, a first and 10. Yeah, yeah, right. And so they had three more downs mm-hmm. to get into field goal range. They weren't that far away. The Bills played better than, than them in for those three downs and deserved the victory there. Also, let's say Tony didn't line up offsides. The Bills would have had the ball with a minute 20 left with three, three timeouts left. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again... The game wasn't over. That's like you're always thinking. It wasn't like, oh, that thing just the the play went there and they went to double zeros during the play. That's not what happened. Sure. Uh, and one thing I think people were smartly uh, pointing out is uh, some level of energy towards frustration was uh, it did cancel one of the coolest plays yeah. you've seen in a long time, where Travis Kelsey has sort of not been having the. Uh, you know, as many magic moments mm-hmm. uh, on the field, but he does this crazy thing where he catches it and sort of turns and like yeah. uh, laterals, laterals. Yeah. Uh, so when whether that was planned or not, uh, yeah. Uh, so there was just something to, like, oh man, yeah. that would have been like in every NFL highlight yeah. reel for a long, long time. And and again, like another point, like the flag was thrown when the when yeah. with the snap of the ball. So it wasn't like, oh, we're taking back, you know, the candy we gave you. Mm-hmm. It was like, no, you just lined up offsides. Like, sorry, you know. Uh, but I know sometimes you. this is more of a, of a soccer thing, but you'd be like, ooh, careful, don't score your goal too early. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering if you were thinking that, like, hey, they're up 14 nothing. You're like, oh, we scored our goal too early. Well, I mean, it's you're playing Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, yeah. so – Everybody in Buffalo wasn't like, yeah, we've got this one in the bag. Mm-hmm. You know, also it's the Bills. Like our second half hasn't <laughs> well this and also this year uh, we've played better in the first half uh, than we have in the second half. Um, so, 
yeah, it's uh, I don't know. They're they're a roller coaster of a team. Now they have to play the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also just saw the Dolphins lose on uh, yeah. on Monday night to Tennessee. I've got a really cool. I know we need to take a break, but Tennessee was the first team uh, who was down by fourteen under three minutes to go to win since twenty sixteen. Previously, they were zero and seven hundred and sixty seven. <laughs> Yeah, um, that that was pretty. Uh, I, yeah, that's one of those uh, things where sometimes the uh, TV sports gods go mm-hmm. like, "Here you go." Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. I sort of uh, so that was Monday, right? I, t- yeah. I taught and then I uh, came home and then you know watched something, uh, kn- knowing that those games were on, but definitely watched something with my wife and mm-hmm. other like that. And they're like, "Okay," and we finished that. And like, all right, maybe I can catch like the last yeah. five or six minutes of those two games, kind of thing. Uh, and uh, both of them were like, "Oh." Wow, crazy. Yeah. That Giants won. Oh, crazy. Oh, Titans came back. This like, happened. Thank yeah. you, uh, sports gods, for you know, just being like, good job, my friend. Yeah. yeah. So football is going to be really interesting, especially in the AFC over the next few weeks. Uh, it sure is. Um, so, uh, yeah, the, the thing with the Kansas City Chiefs that a lot of people pointed out, was like, oh, you didn't seem to mind when there was sort of the <laughs> questionable interference call at yes. the end of the Super Bowl last year with the, with yeah. the Eagles. Um, no one was like, you, you just you can't make that call. Yeah, something. right. Um, but I get it. Again, anybody reacting poorly in a competitive moment, <laughs> I have full understanding <laughs> for. We teased this at the top of the hour, but uh, we are happy when uh, we're able to bring in people who can talk to uh, um, you know uh, sports happening in specific geographic locations, but we're especially pleased when those people come from the family that is Asheville FM. Yes. Um, so I guess that would make you our run that back senior. L.A. sports correspondent. I love that. <laughs> senior. Yeah, I'm Nathan D. Duvall. You're yeah, it's senior, Nathan Duvall. Yeah, let's say senior his L.A. sports correspondent. That's awesome. Yeah, you can add it to your business card now. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. yeah. My LinkedIn. I'll pick it that time. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, Nathan, we've uh, we've had you on before to talk about Lakers and Dodgers, especially. They've been in the news. But uh, we do want to, uh, yeah, you have a show on Asheville FM uh, called Lucid. Maybe you can tell our listeners a little bit about that show sure i'm on mondays 2 to 4 p.m and the idea is we let our subconscious guide us on a trip around the world all genres melt into one and we place a high priority on international female artists you may not know nice That's our mission yeah and you do a great job you you tend to feature an interview um which is always uh nicely done sometimes it'll be focusing on uh, if someone may be coming to town or otherwise but uh not exclusively and uh, i'm just curious uh what chose you to point yourself in that direction i had been a music supervisor for so long in entertainment music supervisor and publisher and there was an incredible like layer of approval process and you would you'd be happy if once a year one of your ideas went through mm-hmm. and and that's i would tell my team that i'm like hey you know try not we're constantly told we're wrong or we're we're not going down the right direction or whatever the thing is and so like once a year if something you're really passionate about either the project or the music or if they happen to collide which is really magic you know be happy and the and i always i mean like m- most of us we always wanted to be in radio and we came very close in los angeles until there the um there was in the Reagan era. There was a, a consolidation of, of a lot of media. I'm forgetting what year it was. I think it was '89 or '90, and it pretty much put the kibosh on what we do right here. Mm. Being independent was just 
was just gone. And it's an exciting time now. Now it's it's completely opposite. But, but yeah, I always wanted to have my own show. Always wanted to be able to be in charge of my own programming. And the opportunity to do that here at Asheville FM is just an absolute miracle. I always I thank Jess every every uh, from ecstatic listening whenever I, I can because she's the one through Roots and Wings that kind of brought me over here. I came over with Abby Cat mm-hmm. around the same time, so I feel really lucky to be here. Uh, that's really funny. Oh, we've got a Roots and Wings connection yeah. then, right, too, right, right. Uh, because yeah. Levi's an alum from that, too. Oh, right. uh, but we can talk about that another time. Uh, and yeah, um, we wanted to talk about LA Lakers, but you wanted to. Was there anything else that you wanted to check in with Nathan no, about before but we also do just that? the idea. So you were not like, oh, yeah, the Lakers, they're always been good. Like, LA is actually part of your origin story. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was heavy into sports as a kid. I was, I was an athlete, and it was, um, it was pretty much music and and sports and I, I had one of those weird moments I was 16 or 17 I was trying out for the baseball team and I was in the cage and the sun w- w- was setting right right as I was in the cage about to hit and I could not see the ball coming out of the machine and I remember having this weird moment I'm like was this something was like is this a message from God? <laughs> oh God, my gosh I couldn't see the ball and yeah. I remember my coach at the time my batting coach saying hey he can't we can't see anything and the coach was like this is what it's gonna be like in a game and so I was I didn't make the team and from that point on I, I'm like I'm just going music for the rest of this is it <laughs> and, and it kind of set me on my path so anyway yeah I grew up a hardcore Lakers fan I, I love what they're doing on HBO it's one of my favorite shows of all time oh yeah I love uh, yeah I'm a, we're huge Dodgers uh, uh, fans. I'm here with my my son Huxley, and we we went to a lot of games before we moved. And yeah, we're we're Dodger fanatics. Not as much Laker fanatics now because yeah. of the LeBron era, but but you know I respect him and I respect what they do. And Anthony Davis is amazing. Um, but it's it is weird, and I, I in fact I didn't know what was going on until recently with this this whole tournament during the middle of the year and all that. And, yeah. and I, I kind of read into that and and came to understand that this is really about leverage with the you know the contracts as far as television negotiations go and they're try- and trying to build interest among fans mm-hmm. who are pretty grumpy because they figure the the players aren't really getting into it they're not even playing defense until January yeah. so I, I under I understand now. I may, it makes a lot more sense you know why they're they're painting the courts blue and trying to make things sure. more exciting for and the country a lot of people were calling why don't we just start the NBA season on Christmas yeah, right, Day right that's right. really yeah. when it sort of like kicks in so yeah. why don't we just start there and it yeah. had sort of done that in one of the truncated seasons with cancellations and otherwise um and this was the league being like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, <we're... laughs> Do not take away two and a half months yeah. of games. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. give you reason to be excited about them. And uh, and same with the players, too. Like, right. that's loss of revenue for them, too. Like, yeah, their salaries would go down, too. So, you know, like, everybody, nobody wants to cut the number of games, but they were like, how do we make this meaningful? And so they tried this in-season tournament, and we've been talking about it for a couple of weeks now. And... You know, they're the competitive desire of the players kicked in, and I think we can we can point to LeBron. He was like, "No, we're gonna try and win this." You know, <laughs> like we're gonna uh, do this, and I think it might have been LeBron like doing the league a solid because he was right. like, "I'm I'm gonna go for this thing, and we're gonna really try and make this." really happen and so i know you are not a lebron fan and maybe that's made you a little bit more lukewarm on the lakers but um you know they 
they went for it, and LeBron played great, but then you mentioned Anthony Davis, uh, and he played amazingly well, in, especially in that in that championship game. What did we say? The finals? <laughs> the in-season tournament final, I think is what it was. We raised a banner. Was that last night? Yeah, we raised a banner. We got Still roasted. Up. Yeah. <laughs> we got trolled by most of the league. It was really yeah. funny to see that. And Everyone's like, making fun popping of the champagne and all that kind of stuff. We're like, really? Yeah, <laughs> particularly the, for that organization. Yeah, that's what I thought was interesting. Was like I think this was meant to like, hey, and there was almost that with the Indiana Pacers making it to the final. And yeah, they, uh, Tyrese Halliburton. They're like, oh, this is this is sort of like, hey, maybe uh, some franchises who may not uh, see the success when it comes playoff time can have a, a little taste of that. But the Lakers were like, oh no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we win things around and here. I'm, I'm gonna have a compliment uh, to LeBron, but also a slight sort of like a diss of the. The team of late, which is like when there's a controlled experiment, I, like LeBron's like, I know how to master this kind of thing mm-hmm, like that. Right. I thought the bubble was was a perfect example of that. Last time they won a championship, it was like, we're going to figure this out. We're going to manage it. Some of the older players have had some time off, all that kind of stuff. So like, that's how they won, like con- controlled experiment. Um, but I think as we saw as they returned to regular season, I think if they get to a seven-game se- seven game series with teams like the Nuggets or otherwise, like they're not as good as some of the top, top teams. I mean, they're good, but they... Uh, but it's not a con- controlled experiment at that point. So I think there was there was something achievable. And uh, LeBron's like, uh, uh, I don't have to beat a team once along the way. We can do that. Yeah, uh, beat a team four times. Yeah, maybe not. gets a little harder. <laughs> yeah. uh, there was this clip. I don't know if you guys saw this a video that came out just like a week or so ago, where um, I, now I I can't recall the team that they were playing against. But LeBron was they. Play this clip where he was he was mic'd up and he was on the bench and he was talking to Anthony Davis and he was like, okay, so this guy's going to want to do this. I'm going to do this, force him towards you, and that'll set up you f- to f- to the block to defend him. And Davis was like, okay, you know. <laughs> and so then they showed it and exactly what LeBron said happened. And you're like... He is, I, I know that you guys have complicated feelings about him, but he is still a basketball genius. Like oh, he, he knows exactly how to do it. And it doesn't always work out like that, but the, the way it played out and it was perfect. Like Davis, like blocked the guy and then it led to a fast break and a big dunk and everybody's going crazy. And you're just like, LeBron knew exactly that. Um, so yeah. Um, uh, so, but, uh, We've already talked about maybe you've uh, tempered your Laker fandom of late, but <clears throat> what's your opinion about them being as excited about something that maybe the Bucks and Celtics and otherwise were like, it would have been cool, but that's not why we're here. I, it's I, it's tough, right? Anytime, <laughs> anytime someone, anytime it's something new, or you win a championship, or like you just mentioned, the COVID era, there was there's always been that that. Uh, Back talk about oh well, hey you know the the Dodgers and the Lakers and the Rams all won you know right, that you know, right. that year and, and you're like yeah okay but they still did it and and you know you can you're gonna be grumpy about it you'd be grumpy um, I just like what Scott said I mean I, I you have to hand it to him he he's a great he understands blocking on the court and bodies and and how almost like in theater mm-hmm. you know which way you have to stand to be open to the to the play and in yeah it's a it's a perfect point that that's that seven game series it may not happen that way when you're when you're that old and you're and you're just it, it's tough to play that at that level but uh they did it and I, you know i'm i'm really happy for him i i watched the 
the uh, the run back on that whatever it was like five minutes of the game, and it was. I mean, there wasn't a lot of defense, but at the same time, there were some beautiful plays, and it, it was good basketball. Uh, I want to do. I know we need to take a break, but um, also staying with basketball in Southern California, uh, LeBron James Jr. Bronny. <laughs> Um, came back oh, yeah. after oh, really? suffering a cardiac arrest, um, and he he scored his first points with USC. Right, he's at Southern Cal. Yes. I got that right. Yes. Uh, so somebody had the, put this on Twitter. I don't have the name. LeBron James Jr. has officially pa- passed LeBron James Senior on the all-time NCAA scoring <laughs> list since LeBron did not play, play college. college right? Right? Yeah. Awesome. So, but uh, the you know. Bronny showed some game and not bad, but especially just like actually being there after suffering a cardiac arrest at age 18 or whatever. That's it's awesome. insane, and, you know. And you were mentioning uh, LeBron's ability to sort of uh, uh, understand the uh, workings and positionings. Um, so he's sort of known for that sort of uh, rundown and, and block. Uh, in the yeah. Games. So uh, Bronny had something very similar in, in his first game or two back where he sort of like yeah. – uh, uh, Starts from the far end, sort of sees the guy going for a layup and figures that, and, and it's it almost looked uh, identical. It was yeah. great. Oh, the yeah. slash, the, the yeah. yeah, right, right, yeah. It's pretty impressive. It is Wednesday, shortly after the seven thirty click on the clock, which means it's time for the run that back local sports calendar. As Asheville FM is so good to do three times a day with our local concert and event calendar, once a week we bring you the local sports calendar, letting you know local and regional teams uh, have done or are about to do. And here to do that. It's Bob Clausen. Bob, take it away. Hey, thanks, gents. The Carolina Panthers' woeful season continued last Sunday with a loss at the hands of the New Orleans Saints, 28-6. Bryce Young threw for more yards than his counterpart, David Carr, but the Panthers could only muster up a couple of field goals. They will host the Dirty Birdies from Atlanta at 1 p.m. this Sunday. The 7-14 Charlotte Hornets fell to the Miami Heat in Charlotte last Monday, 116-114, The Hornets were led by Scary Terry Rosier's 34 points. Let's see if they can rebound for a win against the Heat currently being played in Miami. The Carolina Hurricanes up and down season was on the upside last night as they took down the Ottawa Senators 4-1. The Canes captain Sebastian Ajo, a.k.a. Seabass, had two goals and an assist on the night. They will take on the Red Wings and the newly acquired Patrick Kane tomorrow night in D-Town. In college hoops, the UNCA Lady Bulldogs beat Western Carolina last Saturday, 59-48. They currently sit in fourth place in the Big South and head up to Johnson City to take on the East Tennessee State tomorrow night. The men's team lost last Saturday to Western Carolina, 78-63 last Saturday and are in Alabama to play Auburn tonight at 8 p.m. The 13th-ranked and undefeated Clemson Tigerettes beat TCU last week 74-66 and play Memphis this weekend. Wake Forest took down the Highlanders of NJIT 83-59 and host Dell State on Monday. A little closer to home, the A.C. Reynolds girls basketball team down the Freedom Patriots yesterday 59-49, oh, excuse me, 55-49, taking their record to 41-4-1 and and will play the undefeated Hardin Valley Academy on Friday. The Asheville Aces adult inline hockey team took second place in the Winter Echo Hockey Classic Hockey Tournament 
uh, in Snellville, Georgia. They lost just four to three in overtime. And finally, in bowling news, okay, I took down three 16-year-olds <laughs> and a 13-year-old last weekend with a whopping score of 116. <laughs> good, good work, Bob. Well Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you for that, Bob. Uh, so, yeah, we've got Nathan Duval here in the studio. Uh, he is the host of Lucid here on Asheville FM, but we're talking L.A. sports. So, yeah, you have mixed feelings about the Lakers, not as much about the Dodgers. Uh, you're a big baseball guy, big Dodgers fan. Um, and so, yeah, there was uh, a lot of drama um, this past week over the star uh, player Shohei Otani, uh, who's played for the Angels for the last couple of years, setting all kinds of Babe Ruthian type records, um, both pitching and hitting. Uh, and we've you know talked about his feats, kind of a Bill Brasky type uh, a type player. Shohei uh, Otani. Yeah, exactly. And so there is all this drama about where will he sign? They thought they were gonna. Uh, there were reports he was going to sign with the Blue Jays. He ended up with the Dodgers. I heard the Cubs for a while. Funny tweet that I saw. If your team is in line to be believed to have met with Shohei Otani, stay in line. Um, but uh, when the dust settled, he signed with the Los Angeles Dodgers. So, Nathan, how do you feel about bringing this larger-than-life figure to the Los Angeles Dodgers franchise. I'm most excited about the deferred contract. I, it's crazy. I could not believe yes. when I heard it. I, I, I used to follow Chris Russo. Wait, wait. And, so get, oh, explain what's, okay, what sure. the deferred contract sure. is. Yeah, so, initially, the word came out that he had signed a $700, 700 million, million dollar contract over yes. 10 years. Um, so you're like, oh my God, he's like, this has never been like this. Uh, how are they going to be able to pay for this? Well, there was a wrinkle. It's a, it was a 10 year contract. Yep. He's being paid 2 million a year during that 10 years. So he's deferring, you know, the bulk of that, uh, later to after the contract is over. And that means that we can go out and get Yamamoto or whoever else that we want to pick up. And that, I, and I understand as a smaller market team, it's it's got to be frustrating, and yet it doesn't. It really it you can you can get upset about that, and this is capitalism. That and at the same time, how many how many times have we watched great teams come together and beat you know the Goliath, beat the monolith, mm -hmm. and it always comes down to coaching. It I mean how many I mean to watch Bill you know win another you know, World Series down there in Texas, uh, it just makes me crazy. But he, one of the greatest coaches of all time, and and uh, so. I you know I, I'm not I'm not that upset. Obviously, as a Dodgers fan, it's, it's wonderful to have him. I I can I feel really happy for Gavin Lux and for Max Muncy. The people at the bottom of the order mm. are probably going to have their best seasons ever because yep. they're going to get pitched to. And and it's it's I mean look at the, the Yankees are stacked too with you know with with Juan Soto. I would I would. It'd be tough to pitch against them next year with Aaron Judge coming back. Hopefully he's healthy. It's going to be great. It's going to be great for baseball, and and I can't wait to see what happens. And and again, like this year, what we've paid for, we paid for a DH, uh, overpaid for a DH, and and it's really not going to transpire until 2025. So this year, who knows what's going to happen in 2024? But we're obviously really excited to see how that plays out with Mookie in the top of the order and everything. It's going to be that. That first four to five batters, wow, you know, probably the best in baseball. What was the Chris Russo thing that you were going to say? He went bananas. If, if you, I used to follow him on ESPN, and he's now on, uh, um, 
he's on uh, Sirius, right? He's on Sirius Radio. That's mm-hmm. where he shows. And so he's he's really upset. He he feels that uh, a major market team like that should not have. There should have a salary cap. That's the whole point of a salary cap yeah. is to make it fair for smart uh, smaller market teams. And if you're the A, if you're the A's or whoever you're moving to move to Las Vegas or whatever's going on, it's got to be frustrating to see. You know, and, and at the same time, I grew up this way in the '70s. I remember all the best players would go to the Yankees. Mm. They had the money, and it just so happens now that the this investment group has you know has the deep pockets to go out. We didn't, we never did this in, in Dodgerland. We always brought them up through the system. So it's it's kind of fun to see this happen. And he'll, I mean, another thing too it, to 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 remember is that the Dodgers have always been known for diversity and to have you know another player like this who is a bilingual player mm. who is a huge attraction around the world is is really going to I think to increase his his sales I mean I found it interesting I went to look and Aaron judge was still outpacing him mm. as far as uh, Jersey um, sales were you know were noted and I I, w- I was really shocked and I'm like oh well that makes sense because he he's not of an English speaker by you know by first language and that probably uh, inhibits him and now he's going to be in, in one of the biggest markets in the world mm. and I think that that should change as they develop his personality whatever that's going to be and hopefully he doesn't have any skeletons in the closet or have some weird thing that you know that that negates him from playing baseball and I'm sure the Dodgers have a, a now have an insurance contract against any oh, yeah. you know placebos he might have or or not placebos but um wrong word but anyway any you know anything that that might keep him from playing baseball but yeah. he seems like a really good kid and and he's got his head screwed on right so hopefully it'll play out well he does it's I know it's not quite the same thing but it made me think of two of the most successful quarterbacks of late Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes right. and Patrick Mahomes is able to sign for a little less with the Chiefs although he's sort of compensated recently because he's making so he's he's in all the commercials yes yeah. uh, right and then Tom Brady uh, not quite the same thing but again when your wife is making you know <laughs> millions and millions yeah. of dollars as one of the top models of the world kind of thing like that you're not sort of freaking out that like oh that other quarterback is making eight million more than you he's like no you keep the money to go sign players. I don't want to throw to lesser quality. And that's the whole thing. I think Otani really wants to play meaningful games. He yeah. really wants yeah. to be in playoffs and things like that. Um, so him deferring this, and yeah, he's going to make $50 million a year just in endorsements, kind of thing like that, particularly in the L.A. market and with, uh, uh, you know, kind of the... Uh, with Asian markets. Yeah, pan-Asian yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So him being like, I don't want to take all the money so that I'm I'm the only star on the team. I want to win, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, yeah. So I'm still a little confused of what happens the year when it does all drop. I mean, does it all count on the salary <coughs> cap that year, kind of thing? Like, that's a good question. I, I I don't know. I haven't looked into the baseball economics of so that. There's going to be one year where like there's just nobody. Like, you know, <laughs> I mean, what's, the concessions guys are, are taking <laughs> the mound. Yeah. What's crazy is like you know it's probably like six hundred fifty million dollars and. And like I was saying to Bob before we went on the air, like it wasn't that long ago that franchises were being sold for that amount. So, but again, like the Dodgers, I think the the group that presently owns them with Magic, uh, kind of is the figurehead um, with his amazing tweets. Um, <laughs> like they bought the franchise for like two billion or something like that, and it's already worth so much more than that um, just over these years. So by the time they have to pay them, they'll be like, "We'll write you a check." Yeah, like we we made that money, you know, like uh, that won't be a problem for us. So I, I don't think it'll. Uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Maybe they have to play the 
peanuts guy um, <laughs> for that year, but they'll be able to write the check. Uh, Thirty-five. Yeah. But I also, you know, I'm a Yankees fan, which puts me at uh, opposition with the Dodgers uh, somewhat. But I appreciate they've not only signed talented guys, but like really like easy people to root for like Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. Yeah. It's like, these are like yeah, these are easy guys to yeah. root for. Not just for um, their, their stats, but just they play with the smile. They play with an energy. You can always, you can see when they're like checking in with somebody on the base, there's always just uh, a friendliness about him. And I was like, Oh, you can like, I want to hang out with them. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it is interesting though, that the, that he didn't really have to move. I mean, he's moving from Orange County, you know, like, but it's still the same market. But it it just shows that the the Angels don't have the same, uh, you know, they haven't been the, in the playoffs for the last couple of years. But they have Mike Trout on their team. They've been like struggling, trying to get this team into the playoffs, and they just haven't been able to do it. And Otani's like. How about I just go to this team? <laughs> you know, it's, it's like an hour the, away. The you know? Angels are a perfect example of that financial model that yep. he's hopefully avoiding. Because what is it? Anthony Rendon is that the player uh, yep. they brought yeah, from the Nationals? Because yeah. like, hey, we're going to try to get better, but it's such a big contract that it didn't made it uh, hard to bring in anybody else yep. of consequence. Um, and then he turned out to be a little injured and otherwise kind of thing. So I think he saw like we we can't be doing that. Yeah, we can't get one expensive guy and then everyone else is what you could get. You know. Yeah, and I forgive me for saying that the Angels were only an hour away. I know about Los Angeles traffic; it's longer than that. But <laughs> exactly. anyways, as but, the crow flies. Yes. Can we talk about something really technical, quick? Uh, yeah. Because I know yeah. Huxley will, will want to uh, chime in briefly. Is is that uh, Otani is they um, he's got the triangle, and we've we've just uh, taken batting lessons with a guy named Richard Skank out of Missouri. He's the one who taught Aaron Judge mm. how to hit off his back foot in 2017 when he's having his horrible you know whatever's 180 season and it's he's a fascinating guy this guy richard uh, skank he teaches i call it uh, lean stretch and tilt it's oh. where you say if you're a right-handed batter just bat on the right shoulder bring it up just a bit lean back on your on your uh, right foot and then stretch your your back and kind of your butt going toward the pitcher while stretching out toward oh. the pitcher as they're coming at you and don't like you're just balancing yourself not awkwardly just balancing yourself so that um, as as the you're judging the ball coming to you you know if it's an off speed pitch you can wait and oh. if it's right on you you've got the swing that happens behind your head and they tilt and when you wa- watch Aaron Judge in the um, in the batter circle, <clears throat> mm-hmm. or and same for Otani, Otani's got a perfect swing, and mm. it, he's mastered this Richard Skank um, batting style. And it's uh, I, uh, Huxley and I have just started it. I'm hitting off a tee. We're hitting off a tee, and it feels like for the first time you're really hitting the baseball right. Really, and it's fantastic, and, and it's completely controversial. A lot of players, uh-huh. a lot of a lot of coaches here in town, as a matter of fact, are dead set against it. They want you to swing down toward the ball for the backspin. They're like, we've been yeah. We've Batting one way <laughs> for 200 years. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But, but these guys, like all the people you've just mentioned, yeah. do what Richard Skank does, and it's all based on Barry Bonds. That, that, oh, you know, and yeah. Babe Ruth, they were all doing that. Luke mm-hmm. Garrick, they were all leaning on those guys on their left foot, and mm-hmm. all their weight was back there until the very last minute, and they were able to, to oh, yeah. whip it perpendicular like this with their left hand. They go like that. Instead of like this, are we gonna go hit the diamond right now? I kind of want to just try it. <laughs> like, like, I, I, it's I, so awesome. I, I need to a, need to give it a try. Huxley, what do you what do you think about? Yeah, uh, Huxley, get on the Huxley. mic. Let's hear it. Have you what, ha, have you tried it? Yeah. Yeah, 
and and what's it uh, like have you have you felt the difference between that sort of original way and the new way well in the original way it feels like you're just making more of an effort to go out and it takes you longer and it feels just really harder to do it and you have to come up with timing and it's just all ridiculous and then when you do it a different way when you whip it from behind your head it feels like you can get it at any time you don't have to wait you don't have to wait till the perfect second you can go when you need to um nicely said yeah and do you have fun playing that way yes yeah it it just feels better to do it that way cool well thanks hoxley that's great it's fun to succeed yeah (laughs) well terrific well why don't we take a break and uh we'll uh sort of wrap up our show hoxley nathan thank you both for coming on we really appreciate it thanks so much you guys bye our our senior and junior yeah (laughs) los angeles sports correspondent we need a business card you got it you got it we don't have them but we'll get some for you (laughs) So I know we're talking about big acquisitions, Shohei Otani, uh, the Lakers winning the in-season tournament, but my mom just texted me that the Knicks, her favorite <laughs> team, signed Taj Gibson, who's like 38 years old. So that's what she's focused on right now in the world of basketball. Did Taj play for the Bulls? At yeah. I think for a little bit. He was yeah. a great bull. All right. We're here at the end of the show, a segment we call Coffin Corner, where we recognize those from the world of sports and entertainment who have left us um, this past week. Uh, uh, quickly, so Scott mentioned it earlier from sports. Frank Wycheck, American mm-hmm. football player, played tight end for 11 seasons with the Washington football team and the Houston Oilers uh, slash Tennessee Titans. He was a key component in the legendary Music City uh, Miracle Play. The forward lateral play. Yeah. Uh, he also served as the color commentator for the Tennessee Titans radio network for several years. From entertainment, uh, Richard Kerr, uh, English singer, songwriter, composer, he co-wrote several hit songs with and for Barry Manilow, like Mandy, Looks Like We Made It, and Somewhere in the Night, as well as We May Never Love This Way Again for Dionne Warwick. Ryan O'Neill, American actor known for such films as Love Story, uh, Barry Lyndon, The Main Event, and Paper Moon, which he co-starred with with his daughter Tatum. Love Uh, that movie, uh, uh, Paper Moon. He was also romantically involved with Farrah Fawcett for many, many years. And then, tough one also, Andre Brower. Yeah. uh, American actor known for his roles in films like Glory and Primal Fear and City of Angels, as well as his TV roles uh, in shows like uh, Homicide, Life on the Streets, Men of a Certain Age, and one of my favorites, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah, that's a that's a really great show. Um, yeah, it is it is weird um, saying goodbye to players like Frank Wycheck. Um, you know, he he was fifty two years old, right? I, I mean, he was pretty young. And I think maybe he was older than that, but I was still just like, um, that guy's my generation. You yeah. know, like it, it's not even like. Uh, so again, when you I, I sort of compile these each week and you go through, uh, and then when you see the reason, it's something that I've seen uh, more than once lately. Uh, complications from a fall. Yeah. Um, <sighs> which you're like, oh boy. So again, whether that's just like a ladder in the backyard or like hiking and falling off a cliff or otherwise, but it's just tricky. Thanks for listening to Run That Back. We'll see you next week.